Wear a catheter so that you don't have to stop to pee. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the Motorcycles and Misfits Podcast, Deluxe Scooter Cannonball Edition. I am your host for today, Bagel, being joined by Sue Ellen. Good evening, Bagel. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for coming. Jess? Hi. Mark? Hi, hello. And nice to be here. Great. And Liza? Hey, I got dragged into this. No, not really. <laughs> I'm here to support my fellow scooterists. Well, no, I don't have a scooter. My Fellow two-wheel riders. Fellow two-wheel, two-wheel yes, I'm officially acknowledging you and i will make more attempts to wave back thank you it's much appreciated <laughs> okay <laughs> so we're here today to talk about a, a journey that uh, several of us are about to embark on shortly called the scooter cannonball run and uh, we have people here who have either been on the scooter cannonball run before or who will be doing it for the first time this year and uh, to, i'll start by talking about what the scooter cannonball run is <clears throat> most people probably have not heard of this before um, there are various cannonballs that have happened throughout history, uh, but this is one that is essentially, it's a coast-to-coast endurance ride that involves scooters that are 250 cc's or less. And uh, this year, at, from June 3rd to June 12th, we were going to be riding from Hyder, Alaska to New Orleans, Louisiana. This is for real? Absolutely. Oh my heck! Yep, and uh, we've we've ridden uh, cross country several times in the past. The first first scooter first scooter cannonball run was in 2004. That went from Richmond, Virginia to Los Angeles. 2006 went from Pacific City, Oregon to Orange, New Jersey. 2008 from San Francisco to Ocean City, Maryland. 2010 from Vancouver, British Columbia to Portland, Maine, and 2012 from Savannah, Georgia to San Diego. So I have a question already. Yes. Is this like a real cannonball where y'all speed and it's the first one there wins? Not exactly. It's it, it is, is this a rally? It's a timed well, endurance event. Yes, it is not a rally. It's not a race. It is a like Jess said, a timed endurance event. And there is a score, and there is competition. Okay, yes. so it is okay. Right, and the way that the way that this works <clears throat> is that there there are set start and end points for each day. Uh, we all stay in the same. Same hotel, preferably if we can, or at least in the same neighborhood so that everybody's together. Uh, We have three, usually three checkpoints throughout the day that divides the day up into four segments. And for each segment, you are timed on the uh, how how well you ride, and you there's a there's a, a certain number of points that are available for that segment, and the person with the best time at for that segment gets all of the points. Now, whoever comes in second, third, and fourth, they get fewer points, and the difference between the maximum points and what they get is the difference is is you basically subtract the number of minutes that they're slower. Now, there's also a handicap factor that's involved where uh, later model bikes and larger displacement bikes have a handicap added to their, I believe it's to their time, right? Or yes. to, yeah. yes, a so, multiplier of their time. Right. So that, so that they don't have quite as much of an advantage over the older and slower bikes. So that way it makes it a fairly level playing field for everybody. So after that factor is timed in, or that, that time factor is, is uh, factored into to what they actually did for that segment, then those points are handed out. 
So uh, and everyone accumulates points throughout each day of the cannonball to to get to their score. Now, if you complete a segment under your own power, the even if you do terrible, say you get a flat tire and you have to go take it off and patch it and put it back on and get get on your way. Uh, as long as you complete that segment under your own power, you get at least half of the points that are available for that segment. So that it's not a total loss, even if you have a terrible time. Um, if you if you break down and you have to be put on the truck and you can't ride your bike to finish the segment, you get zero points for that segment. Now, uh, like I said, the points are added up. So at the end of each day, <clears throat> each rider gives their points to the coordinator and those, those, those scores are added up. And then everyone can see how well they're doing and see how they're they relate to everybody else in the field and because the points are there's a lot of formulas involved you don't really know where you are during the day so it's really not like it's a head-to-head race you're just trying to race or trying to ride as efficiently as possible including navigating correctly because if you if you miss a turn or even one turn even one turn and go off in a, in a different direction and you don't realize it for 15 minutes you're now 15 miles out of your way and then you've got to either go 15 miles back or find another route to get back to where you need to go so navigation is is essentially important for the cannonball you do also have to go through the the checkpoints that are set each day uh, and the way we prove that we've been through the checkpoint is with a photograph of that checkpoint or anything in the vicinity of the checkpoint. Yeah, I think it's any anything within a mile of the checkpoint that can be identified as being... Yeah, uh, and that your, gives you your, your time through that checkpoint. Okay, what qualifies as a scooter? That's a very good question. It's a tough question. And there, there was much debate about this. And I think it came down to four characteristics. Is that right? Yeah, off the top of my head, uh, there's a wheel size. Yeah, this wheel is size. for the purposes of Cannonball. There yeah. are different people have different definitions, but for the purposes of Cannonball, has to uh, originally be constructed uh, with a step-through frame, um, has to have wheels that are below a certain size. Yeah, 13 uh, inches or smaller, I believe. Single cylinder, uh, mm-hmm. and... And 250 cc's, 250 or cc's or less. Now, you for the purposes of Cannonball, I think you only need two or three of those uh, factors to qualify. I believe so, Um, So, like, a two-cylinder scooter would not necessarily disqualify you, but, say, you know, a two-cylinder scooter with 17-inch wheels probably would. We also have that the... um there's no swing arm that the transmission. Ah, yes. Is. Ah, yes, that's a, an important one. And Unit construction of the of the rear wheel swing arm engine combo. Um, so are are there people riding little Rivas on this, or is this all like hardcore? We have a Yamaha expensive. CN this year. There's a there's a good mix of different scooters, but it is dominated by Vespas. Yeah, there 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 are. People. So you guys are the elitists of the scooter. <gasps> Do you wave back at Rivas? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Do you? Okay. Dang it. Thought I had you on that one. <laughs> yep. I'll wave at the tiniest little, you know, Honda Metro, whatever. Doesn't but matter. But apparently you won't wave at a rascal. Uh, that's, that's where you draw the The mobility line. scooter. Yeah, no, I won't wave yeah. at that. Okay. Yeah, too many wheels. Okay. Just try to understand here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, other other rules of the cannonball? Um 
well, I, I like to explain it as it's kind of set up like the uh, the Tour de France as a day stage where you're, you know, it's not time exactly, it's points, but your points are cumulative uh, cross-country um, and everybody's staying at the same uh, place at the end of every day. Um, so we're all together. Um, that's the easiest way for me to picture it, being a follower of the Tour de France. Um, uh, other significant rules... Um, um, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I mean that's that's the basic gist of it. I think. Yeah, right and from coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. try not to fall off. Yeah, yeah. and uh, another, <clears throat> I guess another integral part of the cannonball is the route. Uh, there is an official route for the cannonball, which includes the start and end points and the checkpoints for each day, and but but the riders are not required to actually take that route. They're only required to start and end at the at the starting and end points and hit each checkpoint throughout the day. <clears throat> Other than that, they could take whatever route they like. And the routes are specifically planned out so that you have to hit checkpoints that would make it inconvenient to take a freeway. So we're basically riding on secondary roads, county roads, single lane roads. Old highways. Dirt goat trails in some cases. <laughs> yeah, the idea is, is to make it safe so that people on 125s or 100cc scooters could, uh, could make the trip. Yes, and uh, if you're it's on possible. highways and, and expressways, well, they're in, in a lot of states they wouldn't be allowed to ride those. So, and we have had a couple of nut jobs do it on 50 cc scooters as well. Yes, do you wave at mopeds? Um, oh, especially mopeds. I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think mopeds rock personally. <laughs> can we just all agree to not count them? Come on, <laughs> you guys can join us. But I, I, mopeds have have been, been pretty big cred in my book. I mean, yeah. I've known people who have ridden to South America on mopeds and and like to like the Arctic Circle and stuff and do crazy things with them. You'd be pretty amazed at what's what's possible on a bike that small. All right, don't take this the wrong way. I'm still trying to figure out the whole like why I ride a scooter thing, and I'm kind of getting that you guys are like the nerds. And you're proud of it, kind of thing. You know, you the that. kids on motorcycles think they look cool, and scooters, we embrace it. We're nerds, and we know we're cool. We're not under the illusion that anybody else thinks we're cool. And if we were laboring under that illusion, then we'd be idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I personally like scooters just because I, I like the way they handle. They're very nimble, uh, they're very light. Because um, you like to wear a skirt when you ride. I do wear a scooter Bagel skirt. Bagel does wear a skirt. <laughs> yes, it is very comfortable especially he, in cold he weather he lost all credibility he was in here telling us about how cool scooters are went out put his skirt on i said yeah just, but, just that was but all by for not. cool he means something different than you do right. by, by, well by cool i mean warm when i wear a scooter skirt you know, scooter skirt, just for everyone who doesn't know basically is sort of an apron that covers your lap when you ride and uh, there's a particular brand called scooter skirts that uh, buddy vars up in oakland uh reuben makes uh very good products and uh, essentially it's a, an insulated uh, gore-tex covered lap apron that you ride and because scooters have a step through design it can hang down over your legs and completely keeps the wind off of you while you ride so when it's 40 degrees out or colder in the winter you feel perfectly comfortable and you can ride every day and even in in light rain because it's gore-tex you know keeps keeps the wet off of you as well uh if you happen to get caught out in a storm that that blows in um I ride all you know all year round, and and uh, the scooter, scooter skirt is is something that's very helpful to have. I found. So bagel, let me ask: Are you bringing yours to the cannonball? Absolutely. Okay, I'll bring mine too. Yes, I highly recommend it. 
<laughs> and it's got reflective piping on it, so it's a good safety factor. This is this yes. is a something uh, something that probably deserves saying about Cannonball is that uh, riding from coast to coast, you will see every single different bit of weather uh, that you can possibly imagine, and you have to be prepared for all of them. It will be blazing hot and humid and dry and wet and snowy even sometimes uh you really have to be prepared for all of it yeah um, i think the other thing to point out is that the cannonball is is often designed to include all kinds of road surfaces as well so this one true. year we did the burr trail which was quite demanding i think yes. it was what 40 or 50 miles of, of it was dirt 30 30 miles 30 miles of dirt and gravel and rocks and silt and gravel switchbacks including yeah a very steep downhill switch feet <laughs> with a washboard surface and silt on the sides it was the most treacherous road i had ever ridden on in my life and, and i went down and I'm, and I'm not a dirt rider wait you can crash on a scooter oh, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah we we had <laughs> what? we it had, even hurts yeah we, we they had, don't have training wheels <laughs> yes we we had six people crash wow. on the burr trail that day um including one uh, one of our fellow riders who ended up with i believe it was a punctured lung yeah several broken ribs a punctured lung. lung um and uh had to be uh, had well, to end up going to a hospital that night, but checked well, himself actually, out. <laughs> actually, he did not go to a hospital that night, I don't think. He went to a he, well, they, clinic. Uh, well, they they took... Okay, when we crossed Lake Powell, they took him back across the lake to their first aid station and kind of yeah. checked him out, but apparently they weren't really that up on, you know, medical diagnoses, and they let him go, and he rode the rest of the way to the, the end of the day. This is uh, Jim Tillman, by the way. Uh, and was in excruciating pain when he got there. Um, decided that that was going to be it for him. Had somebody drive him to a friend in, uh, I think it was in Oklahoma, the next day. He got there and was going to fly home from there back to Florida. Luckily, his friend's wife was a nurse, and she listened to his breathing and knew, knew that there was something very wrong with his lung. And she said, you're not going anywhere except the hospital and sent him to the hospital and probably saved his life. Yeah. Had he flown, I think it would have been a serious problem with the punctured lung. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. How many miles a day are you guys doing on this? We're going to average about 350 miles a day. That's typical. But you're riding up there to start the race. Uh, I am. Some people ride, some people trailer, some people ship. They'll use, um, you know, forward air or something like that. Or they'll throw the bikes in the back of the support truck that's going to follow them anyway. So how many day, how many miles a day are you going to ride to get there? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm planning on t doing a an iron butt up to Vancouver. which That was kind of where I was going. Yeah, because I, I, I tried to do this in 2010 when the Cannonball started from Vancouver, but uh, my bike was having problems and kept cutting out, so I was only able to make 700 miles to Portland in that day. So so this is attempt number two for the iron butt. I'm planning to do this uh, on the, my first day up to Alaska. Uh, I plan to rest a day while I'm up there in Vancouver. Then I'm going to head up fr from there with my uh, my roommate for the Cannonball. Uh, we're going to take three more days getting up to Hyder, Alaska, about you know 200 miles a day or so from there. So for all of you, what uh, have you guys done, Iron Bud or anything like that, or is this considered a long long ride for you? Uh, it's a long ride. I haven't done an Iron Butt yet. Uh, okay. My longest day has been 800 miles, Seattle to Oakland. 
Um, By the way, you just mouthed "Wow." I'm guessing you haven't done anything. I like haven't. That. I, I like to think that I've done a couple of iron cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I've done four or five hundred mile days in a row. I think we did a, a six hundred mile day coming Was back there? from New Orleans. Okay. So. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's so pretty that's good. Like an iron cheek, I think. I, I guess. I guess I'm curious because isn't it more comfortable on a scooter? Aren't you more better equipped? to do longer distance uh, i think it depends on the scooter and the rider um yeah i you know i i've got a pretty comfy seat on on one of my scooters the scooter i rode today has a seat that i hate um <laughs> uh my motorcycle has you know a nice uh, uh nice you know uh, custom seat. You on just it. used the M word in front of you. Them. Know I'm 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 by by moto. That's what we call by moto. There you go. Yes. Um, I guess I want to ask what what are you all riding and what are your other rides? Well, um, I'm I'm riding a Vespa GTS 250. Um, I have a whole bunch of other scooters. Um, and I think you, when you say Vespa, in my mind, you should at least clarify what year. Because okay. I, I think Vespa... And yeah, mine is... Mine was is, it a 64, yeah. you mine, know? Okay, yeah, mine is a 2007, so it's a modern bike. Uh, it's 250 cc's, automatic transmission, um, and has fairly good carrying capacity. I've got a spare tank with uh, an extra four gallons, so I've got a little over six and a quarter gallons That'll take me about 350 miles before I need to fill up again. I also ride a 250 GTS Vespa 2009, and um, I just just added an auxiliary gas tank, so I'm kind of not not used to being able to go that far. On longer rides that I've done in the past, I sort of liked stopping every couple of hours to to put gas in because then I could take a break and go to the bathroom and get something to eat or drink. So that'll be kind of um, a challenge for me staying on the bike longer uh so i like these two i've uh my cannibal bike is a uh 250 cc vespa gts 2008 uh auxiliary gas tank um i've used a four gallon tank and a three gallon tank depending on the event uh and uh can ride some days all day on the cannonball without actually stopping so this is like the bmw rt of the scooter world yes it's okay. it 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 has historically dominated uh the you know several cannonballs in a row and what are you riding oh i'm special i yeah. ride that three-wheeled piaggio Tricep. scooter oh, one of those. oh yeah <laughs> you know sorry <laughs> don't be no, sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Um, you, you it, have, it there's, actually, always, there's always one. Yeah, there's always one. It actually he did has, really well on the Burr Trail. Yeah, it what? actually has the same motor that they're all using. Yeah. It's actually built, uh, Piaggio owns uh, Ducati and Vespa. So it's a 250 also. It's also 250. Uh, okay. Not Ducati. They own everything except Ducati. Oh, they don't oh, own Ducati. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, they okay. own every Italian mo motorcycle brand except Ducati. Oh, okay. Yep. I stand corrected. So that that's your, what year is it? It's a 2007. All right, and w what other rides do you all have? Uh, so I, uh, I mentioned I also uh, have a motorcycle. I have a BMW R12R. I have a 1957 Gilera, uh, a couple more GTSs, Vespa GTSs, and um, I've got a vintage Vespa as well, 1966. All right, and do y'all? I know you have others. I, okay, I have a whole list. We're, okay, <laughs> at the same time, let's just say it's a bunch of Vespas, <laughs> a couple of Heinkels, and a Bajaj. <laughs> how many okay how many of them are running 
<laughs> That's a very good question. Right now, I have four that are running, which is which is a high watermark for several years now. <laughs> and I will hopefully have more running soon now that I have a garage again that I can work with. So would, would y'all do this on an older bike, or is, would that just be suicide? Uh, it's been done. Uh, I probably wouldn't, because I'm kind of the standard bearer for the modern Vespa okay. uh, riders, but um, but but it's been done by quite a few people. And my, my first Cannonball in 2006, I did ride my 1979 Vespa P200. Um, the bike did fairly well, other than seizing in uh, nebraska which was entirely my fault because i didn't realize how much altitude i was losing and didn't upjet in time um and uh but the thing is that that i felt so bad this is this bike is very special to me because this is my first vespa that i ever owned and um it took me to countless scooter rallies throughout the country over the years um but i felt so bad at how badly I'd beat up this bike on the first cannonball and felt so guilty about it that I vowed that I would not do that to that poor bike again and decided that I would get a a bike that I wouldn't need to worry about that I wouldn't feel bad about beating up so I ended up getting a my 2007 Vespa GTS cannonball bike which was actually a salvage <coughs> bike that had been I it, it was bought in San Francisco, and I swear that the person who owned it must have wheelied it up a hill, dropped it, slid down a hill, and then the bike went face first into a curb because every piece of plastic, every side of that bike was scraped up and dented. And the, it was all cosmetic damage, though, but there was so much of it that that it was, it was enough for the insurance company to total it out, and the bike got, it got totaled was sold off at auction somebody else bought it put a new fender on it sold it to a friend and then i bought it from from the friend and it was it was ugly when i got it it had like parts from all sorts of different scooters like slapped on there and stuff was still broken and scraped up and everything and eventually i fixed it up uh, got a got a new paint job for it and uh got it ready for the cannonball and that's been my cannonball bike ever since 2008 so how many cannonballs have y'all done Let's see. This will be my fourth, and okay. it'll also be the fourth for my scooter. So, I've done two. This will be my first one, <gasps> and, and this will be my fifth. Fourth, yeah, the I think, fourth on this bike. I think Bagel actually is going to hold the record for most cannonballs by any person. Really? Yeah. There might be one other person that I. I think he's going to tie with Jim Tillman now, isn't he? It might be, Could yeah. Be. And so this is have to look look back yeah. nationally or, or internationally. It's, I, we can say international. Technically, sure. Canadians come. Okay. Yeah, okay. we we've English. had people from other countries who've been interested in doing it, but they never were able to actually pull it off. I remember there was a guy from Argentina who was talking about yeah. doing getting it. your bike into the country yeah. for this. Is right. would be a little difficult. A big hurdle. Canada is yeah. another country. True. But Canada is almost <laughs> another country. <laughs> <laughs> we like Canadians. <laughs> Yeah, if you think of Michael J. Fox as a foreigner, sure. Mm. Um, so I, I'm just trying to understand: Are there other like hardcore scooter, like bigger rides in this, or is this kind of the? I think this is probably thing. the biggest uh, and and most visible. Yeah, there are there are a couple of other endurance type rides that are out there. Um, I know back east there's the Lake Erie Loop. Yep. Uh, although I think that's scooters and motorcycles. Yep. I love um, hearing about that. Yep. Uh, there's uh, the Corsa, which is a ride. Uh, I think it's a weekend endurance ride that they do on the East Coast uh, every uh, year. Airborne Mike does. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, 
and there was well there was somebody who was trying to do the real scooter cannonball run which i don't think ever got off the ground but apparently yeah. it was somebody who, who didn't think that we were being true to the word cannonball because we weren't it was uh, it wasn't he, he did it he, oh, he did he did it almost by himself and failed oh okay well. and then threatened to sue everybody who <laughs> caused him to fail <laughs> zoom for punitive damages <laughs> so have any of you ever won Yes, yes, I have won. <gasps> Ooh, we have a winner I here. I won my first cannonball in 2008. Yeah. So how many people are doing this thing? This year, right now, we're at 43. I suspect that we'll have three more dropouts. That's that's about right. You know, you get a lot of people sign up, and then life happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. as it gets closer to the start date, it you you know, less and less people find themselves able to actually get themselves to the starting line and i think that's actually the hardest part about cannonball is getting yourself to the starting line not just physically but mentally and logistically and you know all of the little details that you have to do to prep for cannonball yeah and that's that's a good uh good segue into one one thing i definitely want to talk about which is all the preparation that goes into the cannonball um because a lot there's a there's a lot of preparation that goes into any long distance ride as i'm sure anybody who's done the long distance ride can can attest to uh, but the cannonball is is even even more extreme than that because you are pushing your bike pretty hard all day long because you're trying to make as good time as you can. And uh, so I, I like to say that the cannonball will find any weak link on your bike and then break it. So you have to get your bike bulletproof before you start so that you will have a reasonable chance of of riding well. Um, you, but you also must be prepared for anything typical that could typically go wrong, which means you have to bring a lot of spares with you. You have to bring tools with you. You have to bring the right kind of gear. Like you mentioned before, Jess, you have to be prepared for all sorts of weather, uh, especially on this cannonball, which is going to be taking us through the Rocky Mountains most of the way. We're going to be going up peaks and down into valleys. So we're going to have some pretty severe temperature shifts, I imagine, as we go along. Even on the same day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's really hard to dress for cannonball on any given day. Yep. So you have to carry everything with you or is there a chase vehicle you don't need to carry everything with you but you want to carry everything with you that you think you're going to need and can reasonably fit on your bike because your chase vehicle is going to be potentially hours behind you mm-hmm. yeah and that's hours that you can't afford off your time yeah the chase, chase vehicle is is basically there for as you know insurance if, if you if something really bad happens you've got a way to get to the end of the day and you know keep going along the route <clears throat> But you don't you that you do not want to have to rely on the chase vehicle to catch up with you to fix something or to put your bike on the truck because that's like the last resort that you want to go to. But it's there if you need it. So do your tires wear out twice as fast? Yes. Yes. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not only do they wear out twice as fast, but when you heat up a tire to its you know its its maximum operating temperature yeah. um, you start shedding rubber and on cannonball you ride all day which means that you after about the first hour or so you're shedding rubber at an accelerated rate so as a general rule of thumb not only do scooter tires last half as long as motorcycle tires but they last half as long on cannonball so about mm-hmm. a quarter of what a motorcycle tire will last <laughs> yes. it's really vicious and and you literally will wear out a tire in you know 1500 miles easily so is that part of the strategy to save your tires? No, you no. just bring more wheels mounted. <laughs> yeah. So Change that's them. oh yeah, you wheels. throw them in the chase truck. Wait, yeah. is that why scooters have a wheel on the back? A lot of them do. Yes, yes. the vintage ones. Yeah, but 
but it, they're awfully for a modern bike. It's awfully heavy. I wouldn't carry one. Yeah, okay. there, there it's are been people. Done. There are people who have yeah. carried mounted spares with them on the cannonball. Yep. Um, for example, the GTS it has two different size tires, front and rear. The front's a one twenty, the rear's a one thirty. You could get away with putting having carrying a one thirty as a spare and put that on the front if you need to. It, it'll work. It I've feels you know very beefy when you do that, but it'll work. Um, but it's it's a lot of added weight, like you said, and very bulky. And space really is at a premium because you want to carry tools and gear and gear. stuff that you're going to yeah. need during the ride and when you first get to the end of the day. Uh, for example, if you you know if you if you want to get a shower at the end of the day, you need to bring your shower showering stuff and a change of clothes with you. Um, your chase truck is hours behind you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and and there's there you get into a, a, a cycle on the cannonball where you wake up in the morning, grab something to eat, go to the rider meeting, hit the road, ride all day, get to the hotel, check in, unpack, find a place to eat, come back, wrench on your bike, go to sleep, repeat for ten days. Yeah, and you don't have much time to screw around with stuff, so you you have to be on the ball and you're like you're just constantly moving and first one to the hotel has to buy beer <laughs> oh really it's a rule oh yeah you didn't know that I no wonder no, no, I thought you were just an ass <laughs> so what else are you guys doing in preparation well I often tell people who want to do this if they're not you know if they're not starting to mentally prepare for this a year out then it's already too late um, that you're not going to make it to the starting line now that's not strictly true um, but it can't it's 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 got at least a whiff of truth to it yeah. um you are uh trying to find all the right gear you're trying to find you know the perfect jacket that you know has uh vents and and is waterproof and is warm all simultaneously you're trying to find the minimal set of tools that you can possibly carry um, because tools are, are really heavy uh you're trying to put a long-range gas tank on it and get the bugs worked out so that it actually drains properly bagel yeah, uh, uh, and doesn't you know <laughs> develop air bubbles in the line that <laughs> you know block to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, you, what else are you doing? You're um, in some cases doing modifications to the bike. Uh, sometimes uh, to make it faster. Uh, a lesson that I learned uh, very hard the the first cannonball I did was don't bring a quarter mile bike to cannonball because this is not a quarter mile event. Um, this is in a long range endurance event. You have to go pretty fast. Not maximally fast, but pretty fast for you know ten days. Uh, so you 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 need to bring a bike that is extremely uh, well broken in, extremely well shaken down, um, and Reli- that you have confidence in, and you know how to take apart and put back together. Yeah, reliability is key. Um, you, you you can't go on the cannonball with a bike that's going to be cutting out on you like. I've done, <laughs> which I think I've finally saw. Or breaking belts, or yes. How easy is it to work on everything? Because it's not even visible. I have no idea what's in there. Is it's, it well, magic? Is it run on magic? It's actually not nearly as invisible as you think. The on a typical uh, modern Vespa, the seat opens up, and there's a bucket that comes out, and you can get to the engine from the top. Oh. You can also get to the engine from the side. Um, I've personally seen Bagel's engine half out of his bike with no <laughs> rear wheel in the parking lot in uh, Roswell, Roswell, New Mexico. Yep, when I had to replace the fuel pump. Um, so you can do actually quite a bit of work even by the side of the road um, on a Vespa. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. We, we've actually had people, though, show up at the starting line with scooters that don't run. 
Yeah, which yeah. is amazing to me. And, and it's and shocking, they, actually. And they were fighting every day to get their scooter to run. Yeah, and, and they were on the truck. And they had like maybe one or two days where they actually were able to start start the day. They didn't didn't finish the day, but yeah. <laughs> they got started. Yeah, the uh, you know it's, we don't get a hundred percent finish on on these things. There's no. there's no. a pretty there's good some fallout. You know failure rate you know if you make it to past day five you're looking pretty good but then they you know then, then there's a heartbreaking story of someone who broke down on day 10 and yes. just oh. packed it in and didn't even bother going to the finish that's yeah that happens yep so. i would like to say in addition to everything that jess talked about as preparation and of course i'm doing all of that but i'm also you know updating my music list that i'll be listening to <laughs> yep. and mm-hmm. i'm i'm planning for what will i have food-wise and liquid-wise to drink during the day or, and to eat that I can just eat while I'm on the road without you know having to stop and unwrap or make a sandwich or anything like this that. This is a really, really good uh, 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 subtopic. Um, if you want to... If you want to place well or win Cannonball, you really can't stop. And you really have to ride as non-stop as you possibly can. So that's why the long-range gas tank. Um, uh, you need to have trail mix in a pouch in front of you that you can eat. You need a modular helmet to flip up so that you know when you come to a stop light that you actually have to stop for. Uh, you know you can throw a few handfuls of, of trail mix into your mouth and take a drink from your camelback. Um, you have to, in some cases, wear a catheter so that you don't have to stop to pee. <laughs> oh my gosh, is this really happening? This, yes, this, really this, does. Is, this is actually how I won 2008. It is. I am the first to, I'm not ashamed of it. I will step up and say, I wore a catheter in 2008 and 2012, and it works. Um, oh it it makes a difference. The guy who won in 2012 also wore a catheter after, you know, he was okay. finally convinced. I, I won in 2010, and I didn't wear a catheter. <laughs> you didn't win Good either. Oh, what? <laughs> and I'm going to win this year, and I'm not going to wear one. <laughs> ah. Yeah, a little harder for you. <laughs> well, it sounds like there's a bucket under the seat. Just use that. You know, you could. You know, if you really got desperate, you could just wet your pants. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not against that at all. <laughs> I will. I will point out to you that it is almost impossible to will yourself to pee while riding a scooter fully clothed. I mean, a lifetime of training has has taught you that this is not where you pee, and you have to overcome that lifetime of training in order to actually will yourself to let it go. I'm sorry. I mean, you guys, it's like pull over, whiz in a bush, and go. It's not a big deal. Too much deal. time. Five minutes at 65 miles an hour, that's a lot of mileage. And you can't do it while you're riding? It's really hard to do it while you're riding. You, it can be done, but you really... I mean, my personal my personal experience was that I couldn't pee through the catheter if anybody on the road was, <laughs> was around. Like, if I could see any other cars, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. But if I was on a road by myself, nobody was around, uh, I could kind of He'd set up the running water track on his uh, I hope iPod. the catheter didn't come off again. From oh, what man. I've heard, nobody again. wanted to be riding behind you, just in case. This was part of my strategy. <laughs> just picture that you're sitting on a toilet instead of a scooter. Yeah, you know, close enough. I'm just thinking a well-placed garden hose. You can make it work. Well, that's basically that's what, what the, the catheter, catheter is. is. I mean, it's a tube with a adhesive device. <laughs> that mm-hmm. only works for men. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although I imagine there's probably some way that it could be adapted for a woman, I imagine. Probably. We, we can carve up a funnel for you. I'll help <laughs> yeah. you with that. 
<laughs> I don't see how it'll be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Not that the, not that a catheter is comfortable. I'm sure. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, the worst part is at the end of the day when you're getting it off. I can imagine. I got it. Fill your underwear with kitty litter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking into the astronaut underwear to see if I can score some of those. <laughs> no, another concern I have from past experience is that I get kind of drowsy and I, I think I need some caffeine but I don't want to be drinking coffee so you know like what what else can I do energy bars or five hour energy drinks or- caffeine uh, gum caffeine gum works. caffeine gum yeah this is Whoa. actually you you have to be prepared if you have a coffee addiction uh, <laughs> you might not be able to get coffee in the morning at the hotel wherever we are in the middle of nowhere Bring coffee mints or, or well, caffeine wait, mints. I was going to bring the gum uh, beans to chew, the mocha yep, beans, sure. something like that. I find That'll a full work. face helmet and gum is uncomfortable. Uh, hmm. I guess it depends on the helmet. It's um, because I can't stop blowing bubbles too. Oh yeah, yeah, that would probably. <laughs> I just do it. I just crack it and pop it in my mouth, so that'll be okay. So okay, I've ridden long distance on motorcycles, and I know what parts start to get sore. Yes. What's it like on a scooter? Very similar, is although it more ergonomic. It depends on the scooter, but for most of the for the Vespas in particular, yeah. you've got basically a bench seat, uh, and you can slide around and move around on the seat, move back, move forward. Um, you can even stand up a little bit. Um, and uh, so you definitely do a lot of that, a lot of moving around, trying to keep the parts from going numb. Hmm. Yeah, and especially for me, at least, uh, the, the, the butt is probably the first part to go numb. You know what you can't do because you don't have a gas tank in front of you that I do on my bike? What's that? I call it Superman. <laughs> I, I let, you let your feet dangle so they're blowing in the wind, and then I take my hands off the handlebars and I just lean forward on the tank. Like like you're one of those um, those jumpers, the ski jumpers. What do you call? Yep. They're yeah, going yeah, down yeah. the hill, just leaning yeah. forward <laughs> in the wind, and I do that. But how do you steer the bike when you do that? If you're balance. Yeah. Oh. You just hang your hand out in the wind or yeah, something. This is this is, this is a, a place where you actually have an advantage, not just because of the gas tank, but motorcycles are you know largely on a rail when you're at speed, and scooters right. are. But to a much lesser degree, the gyroscopic effect smaller is smaller wheels. Yeah. This, by the way, is why I don't ride a scooter. I'm afraid if I sneeze, I'm going to crash. Those things are so twitchy. It's it scares not nearly me. that bad. We prefer nimble. <laughs> yeah, nimble. Yes. Nimble is the word. Yeah. On the other hand, we can steer out of the way of an obstacle at a at a much uh, on much shorter notice than a motorcycle can. And I have, and that's probably saved my ass multiple times. Yep. And uh, I, I guess uh, back to uh, we'd asked before about uh, why why scooters rather than motorcycles. Um, another another reason I like them is just I just like the styling personally. You know, uh, I mean, not not all scooters have aesthetically pleasing styling, but Vespas I think have always stri- strived to to have good styling. Lambrettas are beautiful bikes. Um, Heinkels still make. Them? Not for a long okay. time. Didn't think so. Yeah, um, Heinkels have their own special Teutonic attraction, I suppose. <laughs> I think there's a big cute factor in scooters, mm-hmm. and um, you know, maybe as a woman, that's more appealing to me. But uh, I just find scooters to be more fun. I have a motorcycle, and I have scooters, and I ride the scooters much more than the motorcycle. Yep. I've I've never owned a motor- motorcycle, but I've ridden a few, and I just I just get a lot more fun out of scooters. Well, 
we're going to take a bagel dirt biking. Awesome. <laughs> yep. We're, which, we're, we're trying. It's like I'm, he keeps trying to get us like interested in the scooters, and we keep trying to get him to slay. No, I've, I've wanted to, to do, do uh, go dirt biking before. I've, I've been off-road on, on Vespa several times. I bet you it's easier yeah. to get a, motor, a scooterist onto a motorcycle than vice versa. And I think there's, a, there's some uh, bias there that uh, scooterists don't really have nearly as much of. There tends to tends to be a little bit, yeah. So, what exactly do you guys think we think of you? We by uh, me, we meaning motorcyclists. What I, are the common I know, misconceptions? I know you think we're dorks, but that's okay. <laughs> Is that because I called you nerds? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Dorks, nerds. You know, it's all degrees. And that our sexuality should be always questioned. <laughs> uh, that our, our mental uh, facilities should be questioned. Um, yep. That we uh, we really don't we, we we just we just can't afford a real motorcycle. That's why we ride scooters, or we just we're just not good enough riders. Or we're pussies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that. Uh, all so you're saying these are not true? No. No. Uh, they might be true. They, they may be true for some people, perhaps, but you know it doesn't just apply to scooters. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of people that don't even want to ride. Period. You know, I mean, we're we're out there riding, and I'd say it it, it takes more more guts to ride a scooter sometimes than it does a motorcycle like if you're flying up 880 in the fast lane doing 80 miles an hour that's a little more comfortable on a motorcycle than it is on a scooter well let's talk about cost what do these bike these scooters you're riding cost well they're italian and they're high design (laughs) and the euro kills us Although I'm not sure where it is today, it's not so uh, great. It's about they, 135. They they they're pretty expensive, um, and 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 I I will say that you know without reservation. It's, yeah, re- it's retail is what 62 65, to 64, 65. Yeah, for about the for for the big uh, Vespa GTS. Uh, the smaller size down from that is about I don't know five thousand somewhere in there. So it seems to me that there is a big divide between these college students and their flip flops riding around, and and y'all. Yes. Um, are there mid well, mid level stuff? Yeah. So there's there are a lot of uh, uh, mid size scooters. About the 150 cc is what we'd typically consider mid size. Uh, and um, they're pretty popular uh, with um, uh, beginner riders. Um, they're they tend to be more popular with women. Um, and popular in the city too. They're popular in the city. Um, they're easier to handle um, in that context. Um, so yeah, they do exist. Uh, some of the manufacturers are better at kind of filling that niche than others. Honda is notoriously bad about kind of hitting the mid-range niche, mm-hmm. um, but uh, certainly Vespa does. Um, who else has a 150? Well, Buddy, genuine. Yeah, genuine yeah. Buddy has a 150, 125, and 150. And a Vino's a 125. Um, the the Rivas are 125s, which is yeah, yeah. not quite. But it's That's comparable. Mid-size, yeah. yeah, it's midsize for sure. Yeah, um, but, but, but we should tell the listeners that they should avoid anything that says "made in China" that looks like a scooter. Yeah, there's Typically. a real problem with Chinese scooters, um, and have been for a number of years. Um, there's huge, huge 
influx of these by the container load, literally by the container load, and they sell for you know a thousand bucks, and they really, really, really suck. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are not even approved for <clears throat> by DOT for use on roads, but they don't really advertise that, and they just sell to unsuspecting people, and, and they make it through customs somehow. Yep. A friend of mine bought one, and it was a big one, and it looked like a fake Vespa with all this chrome and l- luggage racks and fun. And Was she, it actually a Vespa, or was it plastic? No, no, no. It was a Chinese thing. Um, and she called me if I could come help her out, because apparently the steering, the, the handlebars, the steering was loose. Uh, there was play between yes. that and the wheel. She's like, is that bad? Yes. Like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and the fact that this thing is only like a couple months old and that's happening was yeah. shocking to yeah. me. Yeah, and I mean, they, they typically use very low-grade fasteners, so things will, will come loose very easily or bolts will break altogether. Um, internal motor parts will just let go. Um, I mean, all kinds of... I mean, they, they just are not well-built well-designed machines and a lot of most of them are copied off of you know actual decent bikes but the the execution is just piss poor well i personally i've never even spent as much as you all spent on your scooters on a motorcycle but if somebody wants to get into scootering on the cheap how may they do that well we have this week's Porn pick of the week. Porn pick of the week. <laughs> and this is in Berkeley. Uh, it is titled Red Motor Scooter. Four- this is why I love this. <laughs> yes. $400. Doesn't even say what it is. But by, it's but, a red one. But by the picture, I can tell that this is a Bajaj Chetak, which actually is a decent bike. It's a uh, 150cc four-stroke scooter that uh, typically is fairly reliable. Not not super fast. Only does about 55. But it's great for, for zooming around town. And it also has a four-speed transmission, so if you like manual shift bikes, this is a good one for you. Uh, the ad says, I have a red scooter, not running, but with some love and care can be back to running. Don't know what's wrong, but my loss is your gain. Come pick up. And that's it. So, mm-hmm. what? okay, spell Bajaj? Uh, Bajaj. B-A-J-A-J. This is an Indian company, oh. which is extremely well known in Asia. They produce a, a great number of vehicles for the Indian and South Southern South Asian market. I'm going to admit I've heard Bajaj I thought as people with a speech impediment trying to say put Piaggio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because they, they actually started as a, um, I guess, a, a Piaggio licensee. A, a licensee, yes. For the Indian market. Yep. And they built Vespas under license for many, many years. And when and the license expired? They took the took the design and started or continued making well, it. Well, and the tooling from Italy and right. continued well, to make. After, after Piaggio stopped producing their sprints, uh, I think basically what happens, they just sold it to Bajaj and they just took it and kept producing producing their own bikes with with minor changes um but it was basically a 150 vespa that they had a bajaj uh brand on all right so okay in the motorcycle world so you're you're all riding these vespa 250s what would you equate what motorcycle would you equate that to 
Uh, wow, that's a hard comparison um, because you CB, know from CB pure CC wise, you know it's you know you're gonna you're gonna. I mean, is this you're the gold wing to the? Is this like the gold wing of the motorcycle world? No, that would that would probably no that would be the silver wing. Silver wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, or the reflex maybe. Uh, the or Vespa the GT the the Vespa the Vespa 250s that we ride are are kind of the premier. Um, bike um, in that market, or it's certainly the one of the higher price bikes. Um, it's got the style. It's got is this a concourse? The it's got the reliability. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's a comparable um, or an RT? Uh, yeah. Perhaps I don't know motorcycles well enough to say. No, he speaks motorcycles. <laughs> right. Well, so sure. I, I don't want to like automatically show my BMW bias and <laughs> say, "Oh, yeah, it's like a BMW uh, RT." Well, but I'm going to point out that um, Bagel, every scooter she brought here is older than, let's say, thirty. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so obviously, it, it has to be uh, uh, like think, a BMW market yep. in comparison. Yep. Um, sort of, not 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 quite so high end as BMW per se, but there are people certainly who are riding scooters because they're economical. Um, yeah. But well, I'm, but I'm talking about this Vespa 250, but, but not this one. Yeah. So for something like this Pajaj, what would you equate that to? Uh, I would call that a Honda Civic. No, that's not a car, honey. We're talking <laughs> motorcycles. That's the closest I could come. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe a. <laughs> I think I, I'm at a loss to explain what it could be in motorcycle terms. Yeah, but it's, it's, I, I, a, I it's a mid-level. Think, I don't think this is a really comparable. <laughs> it's it's a mid-level bike with nods to vintage styling and and design, um, with modern components that's fairly clean and reliable. Okay. Well, so. who who gets to claim the Honda Cub? Do the scooters get to claim that? Or do well, see, that, yeah, we already struck the, a deal that I, that you guys get the the, <laughs> the, Rebel. the Rebel 250, and we'll take the Bergman. All right, <laughs> um, I, can, I can dig that. I yeah, no, you definitely get the Ruckus. That's kind of like your your Hummer, of, right? Right. Sure. Well, the big Ruckus, yeah. 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 Um, the oh, so like a C90 you're talking yeah, about? C90. Yep. Yeah. Because it's a step through, but it's but it uses the same engine as ours. It has big wheels. We we get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's like the the C90. All right. There you go. The Bajaj. The Bajaj. Yeah. But but I will say if there's something better comes along, I would be willing to negotiate that one. <laughs> oh, you're saying that's like a Bajaj? Well, you know, you asked what motorcycle would be equivalent. Um, Interesting side note: the no. state of California doesn't care. Our scooters are motorcycles. No, I'm thinking more of the psychology of you guys. Uh, like, there are certain bikes that well, if you're riding nice bikes, you're not going to go out and buy an old, you know, Yamaha Exciter or you know something like that. For you scooterists, I'm just wondering what is like. Oh well, I would never own something like that. You know. I, I guess, and one of the fun things for us here at the Recycle Shop, we like taking these old, unloved motorcycles and giving them new life and turning them into new things. But scooters, you can't do that so oh, much with, absolutely. can you? Well, yeah, absolutely. And and that's a whole subgenre of, of the scooter world. And there is a very strong vintage uh, component of that where old uh, Vespas and old Lambrettas and old Heinkels are are the order of the day and 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 you're scrounging for parts mm-hmm. uh, you're you're trying to piece together something that you know has been in a barn for 
20, 30, 40 years. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, certainly there's there's that aspect of these. And, and another thing, too, about scooters is that you, you have a lot of surface area to work with because there's you know, there's a leg shield and side panels and, and, and a fender and stuff where you can you can go wild with customizing and come up with some pretty elaborate paint jobs. By customizing, do you mean change out the stitching on the seat? No. <laughs> Not just that. Uh, there's all kinds of things that you can do. There's people, people do kind of crazy custom metalworking. Well, I've seen a Rat Fink sco- uh, themed scooter before. We've seen steampunk scooters. Yep. I've seen one that's all mirror squares, like mirror tiles mirror all the way ball. around it. Oh, yeah, like yeah. a mirror Disco ball. ball scooter. Disco ball scooter. But, yeah. but getting back to the cannonball, let's look at 2012. The guy who won it was driving a 1938 <laughs> Salisbury. This is true. With a Kawasaki Ninja 250 Cheater. engine. That, that was my Cheater. favorite TV dinner, by the way. Inside of it. <laughs> this scooter. It had, wait, it had a what in it? Kawasaki Ninja 250 engine. Doesn't that break the rules? Nope. No. Didn't that year. Not it a... will this time. <laughs> <laughs> he had a slight advantage. Yes. He had a he had a serious advantage, and and yeah. he 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 did a, a pretty interesting engineering feat to stuff this engine into this very old scooter, which gave him a very good handicap. And now I will say he did take a big risk because building a custom bike with a completely different engine that he had to build a, a rig some sort of a cooling system for on a bike that never yeah. had a cooling system to begin with. He also put a Vespa headstock in it. Right, and all kinds of all kinds yeah. of different so, front fork and everything. Yeah. The thing is that, that the reliability, because reliability is so important on the cannonball, when you do crazy things like that, you're just inviting things to break. And now it's a testament to how well he built it that he had relatively few problems. He did have some cooling issues. He had some serious cooling. But but he made it. Was this thing still a step through? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where did the engine go? Under his butt. Under his butt. The Salisbury has a very large engine compartment under the seat. Very big uh, uh, um, form that the engine could fit under. (coughs) And he had figured out that the geometry worked and and modified the frame to take it. And it, it it looked for all the world like a Salisbury. There were no engine bits protruding. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I did a very, very good job with it. And and, it and didn't shake it out before the no. cannonball. Yeah. And I, you know, we were pretty much all convinced that he was going to blow up the first day. And it just never happened. And he, yep. he, he, he did have some serious cooling problems, but he made it. Oh, and, and the fact that he, he built a custom gas tank for it as well out of a Kawasaki gas tank, I think, uh, which he, he cut in half. <laughs> it was also under the seat. Also under the seat, right behind the engine where it's nice and warm. Um, and it kind of extended this tank up by about four or five inches. So it was this big, huge gas gas tank sitting in there we had, had fuel to run all day um so wait are you friends with this guy or did you yeah. beat the shit out of him <laughs> no we're friends with him he's a great guy his name's lee speak for yourself <laughs> yeah. i like lee i like lee too he's a great friend <laughs> and and yeah and he is he is pretty does some pretty amazing work i have to say the best thing about lee is his scooter is really a dude magnet and that that leaves. <laughs> now wait a minute. Let's, that that leaves we're, the ladies. We're, we're giving know, the wrong yeah. impression. <laughs> but I want to claim one of the sponsor stickers on his on his bike was um, from a Shelley and I, and it said, you know, scooter wives rock. So he had a lot of sponsor stickers that told a lot of stories. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And actually, maybe we should uh, go into that a little bit because um, sponsors are... 
is something that that we haven't talked about. There are people who get sponsorships for the Cannonball because it does cost a lot of money to pull this off, not just in you know hotels and gas, but in all the preparations, getting your bike ready, um, sometimes getting your bike shipped. Yep, exactly. So you know, so having you know, approaching people approach shops or other organizations to ask for a little bit of money to help out. People do crowdfunding things to to help fund their rides. Um, so yeah, sponsorship is is something that that a lot of people have to do to make the make the cannonball a possibility for them. I like the little story about your roommate Squirrely. Yes. Who? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you have a roommate named Squirrely. He's my roommate for the cannonball. His nickname oh. is Squirrely. He's, he's from Vancouver. And he he had a, a fundraising page to to get sponsors, and one of the sponsor levels for two hundred and fifty dollars. He said he would wear a tutu for the entire cannonball and i'm a big fan of tutus myself but unfortunately i didn't have 250 dollars to send his way but somebody else his sister has sponsored him for that so i'm gonna um, be the tutu monitor and make sure he wears it excellent (laughs) (laughs) that could that could get really fun when we're riding through texas oh yeah (laughs) yeah you guys were were sending the wrong impression again (laughs) i don't think it'll slow them down though i think they're pretty aerodynamic you know they're So, do you guys get tickets on this thing? Yes. It happens, yes. My my favorite moment of Cannonball uh, What, do you get a ticket for peeing? What? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have been uh, fairly fortunate in not getting a ticket, but uh, by far my favorite moment of Cannonball was somewhere in Colorado. Uh, I was kind of cruising along and maybe going a little too fast, and and I see there's a police officer by the side of the road and decide I might better slow it down a little bit. And as I go past the police officer, I see... Much to my chagrin, uh, Mark and Patrick by the side of the road with their arms crossed, and both of them see me coming up, just kind of stare at me with this damn you look <laughs> as I go by, and I'm trying to pretend like I don't know these guys. Yep. <laughs> and then, of course, as soon as I was out of sight, I skedaddled as fast as I could possibly go. Yep. And and uh, then there's also the ticket that Patrick got in Colorado for... The same same having, stop. Having, oh, same, same stop. Oh, that was for having his that. mirror over the center line? Uh, no. His head was over the center line. Oh, I thought it was his mirror. Yeah, something. no, his head was over we the center line. We were both for that at the same time. Ah, okay. And, and the cop said, do you know how many people have lost their head riding like that? <laughs> and I I'm thinking to myself, my answer would have been five, six, maybe in the entire history of motorcycles. <laughs> People don't lose their head over the center line on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah, you learn that, that other states have different laws than you're used to when you ride across the country. And different tolerances. Yep. 200 I, bucks, by the way. Nice. nice. For hanging your head over the center line? Yes. Yeah, really? I've, I've, I've never There's got... actually a law about yes, that? In Colorado. In Colorado. <laughs> I have never gotten a ticket on the scooter cannonball. Knock on wood. Um, that was metal. You just oops, that's <laughs> yeah, wood. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did get I did get pulled over on my way to the start of the cannonball in 2012. Um, I had lost the group that we were riding with uh, down the east coast to uh, to Savannah, Georgia, and I was in South Carolina, and I was trying to catch up to them. So I was speeding through a 35 mile an hour zone, and there was this Chevy Malibu. That was kind of going slow, so I went around him. Then all of a sudden, he flips his lights on. I'm like, "Oh crap! That was a cop car." <laughs> but he was very nice. I told him, you know, I'm on my way, you know, to for a scooter ride, trying to catch up with the group, and he let me off with a warning, which is very nice because in certain states like South Carolina, if you are from out of state, you have to pay the fee on the side of the road on the spot, or they will take you to jail. 
I think there's some sort of a name for that. I forget what it is. Extortion. Uh, yeah, you can call it that. So I was, I was lucky that corruption. He was, yeah, I was lucky that he was in a good mood that day. So do scooters hooligan? Yeah, uh, hooligan is written on the like she stole my bike right out front. Uh, so yes, they they hooligan they hoon. Um, That's a they, verb. Yeah, hooligan is sure. A verb. Why not? Mm-hmm. Have you never hooligan? I apparently not. Oh, you're missing it out. That and a catheter. <laughs> so what else, what else you got? Well, um, I guess we, we should talk about the, the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, this that, is uh, I've been a vocal uh, uh, proponent of this aspect of Cannonball for a long time and that that Cannonball is is not just a really hard ride. Um, the essence of Cannonball is really in uh, the parking lot at the end of every day. Uh, now, I, I should mention that that for most people, when you're riding the Cannonball, you're pretty much going to be on your own most of the day because everyone, everyone rides at their own pace trying to make as best time as they can. And everybody leaves at, you know, different time. You record your start time and your end time and, and so you're riding by yourself pretty much all right. day. And then when you get to the hotel at the end of the day, you, you get to the hotel and that's where the magic of cannonball really exists you you you've got you know everybody who's gone to get beer for the people who coming and coming in after them um people are tearing apart their bikes people are telling stories of what they saw that day what tickets they did or did not get that day um uh, and generally you know sharing this sense of camaraderie it's really it's really a euphoric feeling in that moment and and every cannonball i've been on uh and uh even some that i've just been you know riding along on the first day uh you get that sense and it's intoxicating it's i can't i can't really uh there's nothing else quite like it yeah you re- you really share that that's the time when you really realize that you share a bond with all these other people that some of whom you don't even know but have never even met before um where you you've been through the same route and the same sort of terrain and similar and the problems. same hardships in some cases. Yep, and, and then you can can commiserate and or regale each other with stories at the end of the day, uh, help each other out with problems that, that, that people are having on their bikes. You know, somebody might have um, some vexing problem they can't figure out and you see, or hey, they need a spare or... Right, and you no. stop by and say, hey, what's going on? And they'll tell you, and you just say, oh, well, you just got to do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, wow, thanks. And, and you know, everybody kind of helps each other out to, to just get through the ride the ride itself is often you know long and boring and uneventful uh and it's really a necessary precursor to have that moment in the parking lot afterwards you you wouldn't have it if you just showed up in a parking lot um you really need to be exhausted and you know just you know drunk from being on the road for too long um that is an amazing experience. I think that has been the draw for me is the camaraderie in the parking lot. Um, I, you know, I look at the ride itself as a challenge for me. It's a personal challenge just to complete it without hopefully getting too far lost or having any mechanical issues that I can't deal with. But it's the camaraderie that I'm looking looking forward to. So. Yep, and um, <clears throat> yeah, and I guess that, that maybe one more thing that we should talk about is why do we do this crazy thing where we ride scooters from coast to coast? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> why would anyone in their right mind do that? Oh wait, that's assuming that we're in our right minds. <laughs> so I I first did it 
um, because it was a challenge. I, I was a fairly new rider when I was invited uh, to uh, a cannonball in 2006 that I did not I did not partake in. I felt that in 2006 I had not been riding long enough to really have the experience that I thought would be mes- necessary. But I made a point of you know making sure that I made it to 2008 uh, and somewhere in between 2006 and 2008 I really got serious about it and really started preparing and really saying okay what are all of the the details that I can think through and and get pre- prepared so so for me it was really just a test of of where I was as a rider more than anything and Mark I just love the whole idea the, the craziness of it um, I, I'm not in it so much for the the real competition aspect of it. Although I have competed pretty vigorously, it's for me. It's actually gotten to be more about the people, and you know, we were talking about the parking lot. You know, people were well. I don't really know how to fix my scooter, so there's no problem. You get out your screwdriver, you take out one screw, and say, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And somebody will elbow you out of the way, <laughs> and they'll just start doing it. And, you know, next thing you know, your scooter will be laying in a hundred pieces in the parking lot, and you'll be, is this, is this? So this is how you get rid of the competition. Right? <laughs> yeah, so you take apart their bikes while they're trying to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost you know to say that the competition stops when you get that final checkpoint, and then it's all like we're all on the same team. We're all going to make sure that every Everybody's scooter is working tomorrow if we can. And, you know, I've driven guys around to welding shops to get frozen bearings knocked out. And mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, hack, you know, we got a cooling line or a hose that's burst that has a pinhole in it. We can't, we don't have the part. We'll get a car part and we'll cut it and bend it and make things work. De-beating uh, tires off of rims with oh. uh, two-by-fours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's that's really why it's it's just a great time being with the people. Yeah, and and for me, uh, I mean, I, I love to ride scooters, and I I first heard about the Cannonball when the first Cannonball was happening in two thousand and four, and I was I was upset that I had not heard about it soon enough because I I had, I'd always dreamed about riding scooter cross country, and. Uh, and I was, and I was, I'd heard that this was happening. I was like, oh my God, why didn't I find out about this sooner? I've got to do this next time. And from that moment on, I just started preparing for the cannonball and I've been doing it ever since. And it's just, it's an amazing way to see the country. Um, especially since you're not on freeways, you get to see much more of the countryside, much more of the scenery. Uh, you stop in little gas stations and tiny little podunk towns. You have these some hilarious, people <laughs> yeah, some people stop if you have to, uh, and then you have these hilarious conversations with the locals there. Um, you know, it's 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 an amazing experience, and and you really get a feel for how vast this continent is when you ride across it, and how different it is from end to end. Yes, I have an idea. Sure. As I'm getting to know, you know, you scooter people. <laughs> first of all, I will say I've decided upon a compromise. I will wave at scooters, but not ones where, where they're wearing flip flops. Is that fair? That's fair. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Good. We, we 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 are officially against people riding in flip-flops. But if I lived in Santa Cruz and I was riding to the beach, I might <sighs> no, be in flip-flops. <laughs> so here's, here's what I'm going to propose. You know, um, we've been talking about one of these days doing a ride up to Nevada for lunch and back. Wow. Uh, just I like going up to like... Did, did you say Nevada or Novato? Nevada. Nevada. The, the state. state. Okay. Yeah, so I've done this before. We just went up to Lake Tahoe, yeah. mm-hmm. cross 
the border Into to the state first line? to the first casino and go to yeah. lunch, hmm. and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should do it a mixed group because a lot of the people here and their motorcycles can't make that trip. So you guys can like show them. Up. <laughs> yeah. Why can't are, why can't they make them? Or why can't they make it? We have janky bikes. Janky oh. bikes. Okay, we we know about janky bikes. Yeah. I mean, we, we have janky scooters too. The whole thing here at the recycled garage is that we're taking non-running abandoned bikes and fixing them up, or just cheap bikes and fixing them up. Sure. So not all of them can make it. Um, and maybe that's why I like you guys so much because that's kind of been my my mo with scooters since day one. Well, I want to see you get some of them back on the road. I Absolutely. think you need that that catalyst, that push, right? Well, I've got I've got the garage at home now to start working on stuff. Once I get all the stuff out of my storage area, that's what I plan to do. I want to see them. Yep. So yeah, I think we should do that. Let's maybe you and I c- can plan that. We'll do our little joint ride and then it would be fun to maybe do some vehicle swaps on the ride <laughs> sure that would be great fun yeah i've done that ride i could do it you you ride motorcycles no that's the swapping <laughs> i'm talking about <laughs> you would have to be um by moto i took my my motorcycle course on a motorcycle so and so I, you've got a rudimentary so and and i've ridden a t- shifty scooter so i mm-hmm. have done it yeah you could, you, i'm sure you could do hold it. on they're called shifty scooters? There are shifty scooters, yes. It's called shifty? Well, ones that shift. <laughs> okay, just checking. The modern ones are generally automatic. Yeah. All right, anything else? Are you ready to wrap it up? What you got? Yeah, I think we can uh, we can wrap it up. But um, <clears throat> before we do, I just wanted to mention for anybody who wants to uh, follow uh, the happenings on the Scooter Cannonball. Uh, if Well, for more information about the Scooter Cannonball, you can go to scootercannonball.com. Uh, you'll find some basic information on there about the Scooter Cannonball. And uh, the the forum that most people will probably be posting updates on during the Cannonball is going to be modernvespa.com, which is run by our My website, Jess. And that's uh, kind of a forum for all things uh, related to scooters. It's the premier Vespa forum in the English-speaking world. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And how can they reach you if they have any questions? Say somebody has a question about their scooter they want help with. Can they contact you? Well, um, they can contact Bagel. (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting ready for the cannonball i don't have time for that (laughs) i don't have time for that (laughs) who got time for that (laughs) but um i guess you can always post on the uh the recycle garage facebook page and and i I check in there once in a while so i'd be happy to answer any scooter questions on there tell you what you can go to recyclegarage at gmail.com and put attention yo bagel (laughs) yep and somebody can always pass it on to me for sure cool we can do that. Yep. Or you can go to uh, MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com for the Recycle Garage website and, motor- and Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, right? Exactly. And this will be the scooter cast. Yep. The the Deluxe Scooter Cannonball Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the other Scooter Cannonball Edition. Yeah, well, the real Thank the, you the Scooter Cannonball or, <laughs> or the fake Cannonball Edition. <laughs> well, cool. You want to take this one out? Yeah. I think uh, that'll do it for for tonight. So uh, once again, I am Bagel. I am Sue Ellen. I'm Jess. And I'm Mark. And I'm dumbfounded. I, no, this is Eliza. <laughs> I'm glad you all came. I, I, I've been enjoying getting to know scooter people and scooters a little bit more. It's a culture. I'm 
not that familiar with except for that time I went to Key West. Hey, you want to ride my scooter? <laughs> she rode my scooter already. Oh, burn. I'm going to bring more scooters by for her to ride, too. I'm still afraid I might sneeze and die. Mm. That's see. a risk. But let's go out in the parking lot. Do you have scooters here? Yes, we do. Yep. Yeah, let's go take a look at them. All right, cool. Thank you very much. All right. We out. Thanks. Bye. Have a good night. Cool, cool.